come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my world. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist Debbie. I'm your poltergeist Adrian. I'm your poltergeist Matt. And I'm your poltergeist Ryan. And your poltergeist Donna, she went traveling with some friends to Sweden, so we're we hoping... We haven't seen her for a minute. We haven't seen her for a minute, so we're really hoping to hear from her. It's fine. <laughs> she left to go to the train. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to the train soon, too. There's only room for two. I can't do an accent. We don't, so. we don't break track clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Got my coat in there anyway. Ha! <laughs> Good job, Mac. <laughs> so if you guys haven't figured it out yet, we watched the new Ari Aster film, Midsummer, And just based on the video alone, we got lots of thoughts, lots of opinions. So buckle in, gang, because it's going to be pretty fun. So do you want to go around? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Sure. I can appreciate it. Did not feel good about it. I think that's going to be on Ari Aster's tombstone. Yeah. Did not feel good about it. But it was hereditary light, in my opinion. Literally. Like, they turn the exposure of the camera up. Good 80%. Adrian. You guys remember how much I didn't like hereditary? Yeah. I liked hereditary more. Ryan? I loved it, but I also feel like I knew what I was getting into, and it was like if Ari Aster had asked me, like, hey, I'm gonna put this screwdriver in your eye, and it's really gonna fucking hurt. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Ari. And I opened the eye up with a bunch of contact in it, and he did it, and then it really hurt. And then I had the nerve <laughs> to look surprised. Like, why'd you jam that <laughs> screwdriver in my eye? Mac? I'm gonna say the opposite of Adrian. I liked it better than Hereditary, but a lot of the same stuff is going on. It is the only experience, not just movie, Movie. The only experience I ever had where I had to take anxiety medication afterwards. Oh! oh. Not in anticipation of. Yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> I think it's interesting that sort of our consensus on Hereditary was that it was pitch black and bleak without any release of that tension. And it almost seems like Ari Aster heard our podcast and said, okay, here we go. And so, like, I'm surprised that the film is genuinely funny in parts. And that, you know, I think helps a little bit. And the art direction and cinematography are so unusual in the, I mean, horror lives in shadows, not in this movie. I will agree with everything you said. Yeah. I think that you are perfectly spot on. Right. I think our reasoning is the same, our conclusion are different. I'm on your page. I liked it, but I also knew, based on the trailers, what I was getting into, yeah. and I was fine with it, yeah. and this was what I was more hoping Hereditary would have been. Sure. It's not an easy watch, and it won't be mm-hmm. one that I want to go back to, but I liked it, and mm-hmm. I fucking hated Hereditary. <laughs> All right, we're getting into spoiler territory now. Yeah. Here's the thing. I like the movie Mandy a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable to watch. There's some bleak, dark stuff happening there. But I will watch that movie again. I have already watched it multiple times. This movie, I don't want to watch it again. And that's the same feeling I had in Hereditary. It's like, okay, one and done. I went through it. I can't figure out exactly what the difference is here. Actually, I can quite a bit. I have pages of notes on it. But I think Mandy is created as an entertainment, whereas neither Astor's movies are. I think he meant it to be. 
because whenever I was reading up about this movie, he kept talking about like, oh yes, that's my sense of humor coming through. He talks about- I'll agree that there's some sense of humor coming through. I think he intended this to be fun. Reading then what he I said think he about missed it. the mark. Yeah. If he really truly meant that, I have doubts as to whether in his deepest soul he meant that. There is no way he made this movie and thought people are going to have fun yeah. in theaters with this. See, I think... I agree. He may have said that. I don't believe him. Maybe we should, based on that, jump into everybody's theater experience, what they had with the group that they saw it with. <laughs> I think that might also kind of gauge audience reaction. Like, I saw it in a midnight movie because that's apparently what I do now. I go see midnight movies by myself <laughs> the night before this podcast. And when I bought my tickets earlier in the day, there were no seats sold. By the time I got there, the theater was actually kind of full. By the time the movie was out, the theater was less full. Oh! That happened with Hereditary. Yeah, and I kept hearing the people next to me being like, oh no, (laughs) oh, 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 oh god. (laughs) Uh, They were very upset (laughs) throughout the entire thing, and I actually thought they would leave pretty early on, and I was surprised when they didn't. (laughs) Mac and I went to a uh, afternoon showing at the local indie theater Circle Cinema, and there were three other people. I don't know because I was texting Max because yeah. I was there first. Yeah, Mac, three I'm other the people. You look like there's three us. other people there. I'm yeah. not the old lady. I'm not the two young men. <laughs> right. I'm the one you know. Yeah. Um, which I so that you cleared that up. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> no one else does, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I um, chuckled. I was I, driving, I, but I chuckled. I think it's fine. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, the old lady and the two young teenagers all kind of huddled together for warmth. Like they came. To together for safety and started discussing the movie together. It brought all those strangers together. Is and, that right? And after the end of the movie, I feel like she tried to bring us into the yeah, group. She tried to bring us into the group and we were like, well, fellas, how are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> We still have more, uh, what is it, social white blood cells. Right. Drawn in. <laughs> yeah. I gotta appreciate, though, the stranger just like, look, I experienced something horrifying. Are you guys okay? Like, I kind of appreciate that. My headcanon for this lady is that she's going to every screaining of... <laughs> <laughs> she, she's the, the designated... Yeah. Harvey Astor's aunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She feels so bad for her nephew's gun. Huh? She's just going around <laughs> fixing it. She's just like, I, I don't think you, you should put the penis in that picture. That's just like, <laughs> She's fine with everything else except the penis. <laughs> this was I also, mean, that's too much, Ari. Yeah. Too much penis. This was a film that I gave the middle finger to for like large swaths. I don't know if you saw, but when it started, like when Christian would come on the screen, it would be like, "Fuck you, dude! Oh, fuck you, fucking you are the worst." Christian is garbage, dude. He will, like make a fucking decision about anything. Oh. So I went and saw this in the afternoon on Fourth of July. I was the only one until right before it started, and then this older gentleman comes in and sits in the very back, doesn't say anything during the whole thing except when we get to the penis part and he starts laughing nervously. I'm like... Dude, we've all seen a dick. Like, let's, it's you and me. Let's. It was that nervous, like, ha ha laugh. It's like he was uncomfortable for me. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm fine. And that was Ari Aster's uncle. <laughs> 
Oh my god. But Debbie? Oh my god. Luke went to see it with me and there were two other couples in the theater and Luke and I were the only one vocalizing anything, <laughs> which I thought was unusual because there was like some horrifying shit where people should be going, oh, or, you know, ah, or just whatever. I don't know. Uh, Ryan can correct me. I don't know if I vocalize. I know you went Jesus Christ every once in a while. <laughs> oh, it, it was like 20 minutes on the 20 minutes. It was time for Ryan to just exhale oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I, I think I didn't vocalize anything. I just kind of groaned at various points, which is... That counts. Mm, that counts. Yeah. yeah. I think I watched the movie in complete silence. See, that was me. Like, I watched the movie in silence. There were parts, though, that I did lean forward for. Like, oh, okay. All right. It was not the <laughs> It was not, but thanks, Matt. No, this and was... then there were also some, like, whoever said, it, there were some parts where I was laughing because it was genuinely funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and nobody else thought it was funny. I'm like, come on. Come this on, This is the third movie in a row I've seen that was supposed to be funny, or had parts such as this movie was not supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, where no one else in the theater was laughing. The other two were Late Night and the new Spider-Man. In the new Spider-Man, there was a gentleman, I think, like, three seats to the left, who during the, the fake tribute to the dead hero started, like, saying, why are people laughing? This isn't funny. This is sad. Yeah. It's like, ah. <laughs> and that's Ari Aster's cousin. <laughs> His whole family just shows up to random screen. We're sorry. I noticed that though with Spider-Man, we went to like the very early showing. Everybody laughed, but even by the second time, it's still opening weekend. Nobody no, laughed no, really, no, no, not a whole lot. And I was just like, y'all get it. Like y'all, it's funny, right? Or it's horrifying or it's sad. Like y'all, do you see the gimmick images on the candle? Like, are y'all missing that? Yeah. Well, the IMDb summary, for those of who are not familiar with this, it's pretty interesting, gang. My summary, before we do that, though, uh-huh. is just, I'm never seeing another Ariana mm-hmm. movie again. The end. Mine was the Swedish Board of Travel is tired of frequently asked questions, and so decided to let you know exactly what you're getting ready for. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. IMDb definitely is going to disagree with both of you. A couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival. What begins as a an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. I would also say that IMDb has like a movie similar to this block on the site. And it said Spider-Man Far From Home. And I'm like, hold the fuck on, IMDb. I know some actresses are interchangeable, but just because they were released in the same weekend. <laughs> That's weird. It really, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a very bad... Yeah, so the algorithm no. did not work there. No. That is, yeah. Well, my kid loves Spider-Man Far From Home. Why not Midsommar? Yeah. next? You say a guy gets sewn into a bear? Let's take the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, Ari, we're here for the bear. So one thing I did notice with this film, and I remember it from Hereditary, is that he likes to use art to tell you exactly what to expect. And that mural at the very beginning is like, okay, this is what I need to know about this movie. I half expected the sun to like anthropomorphize (laughs) at the end of the movie and just be like, ha, and eat everybody. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Dude, I would have been there for that. (laughs) That had been the ending. There was also a, uh, right above... Danny's bed, there was a gigantic bear protecting a tiny little girl. Yes. Which is kind of how the movie ends. Yeah. Well, the little girl had a crown on, so she was yeah. the May Queen. And she was kissing the bear? Yeah. Something. I knew there was something with the bear from just a little bit of what I gleaned over, and my whole worry... So we're going to mention the bear then? Oh, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> 
My we're whole, not going to ignore the bear. We're not going to ignore it. My whole worry was, don't let Danny fuck that bear. Don't let uh, Danny <laughs> fuck that bear. I don't need that. Which is the kind of emotional abuse you're in when you go into an Ari Aster movie. Because yeah. you're like, go into Spider-Man. You're not going to think somebody's going to fuck a bear. <laughs> but you go into an Ari Aster movie, there's at least a 10% chance somebody's going to fuck a bear. <laughs> That was my thought during that. And then I was like, oh, it's just a guy being sewn into it. Whoo, okay. We dodged dodged a bullet there. I thought the bear was going to eat Christian. And so I kept expecting, like, especially when he went into that shack and he was, like, looking around and we had that, like, he had that shocked face and the camera slowly turned around. I thought it was going to be the bear and the bear was about to just fucking eat him. Mm -hmm. I was there for that. I was kind of relieved when he just got burnt alive. (laughs) Yeah. Did anybody else think he looked kind of cute in that bear? (laughs) (laughs) Child costume. Costume yeah, architecture yeah, of the yeah. head, just ever yeah. so slightly over the face, and yeah. they and they, the way they had him sitting with just his little feet out. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, Christian get, Bear, thinking about what he did. <laughs> They're probably gonna sell the bear onesie at Target. It's already, oh there. It's, already it's cross promotional. <laughs> you liked Midsummer. Here's the bear. <laughs> McDonald's does away with the uh, far from home toys. Right, Midsummer's coming next. <laughs> Ryan, I about spit my coffee out at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the temple playset. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I did not enjoy the editing of this movie or the soundscape of this movie, and I think I'm not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But I agree. It's art direction is the knife yeah. with, with which it cuts. Maybe I should preface this whole episode with I just got my official actually autistic diagnosis, so maybe a lot of my issues with this movie are just I don't understand a lot of what's happening here, and the sound design and the jarring cuts were incredibly upsetting to me. That was fucking three hours of Like, 45 minutes in, I was like, what the fuck? But this was just a really upsetting movie to endure. Just just sound and editing-wise. All the cuts are really, like, dark, bright! Mm -hmm. Dark, bright! I got motion sick. I have not been this motion sick watching a movie since Blair Witch Project. Which part made you motion sick? I'm just curious. The whole opening, essentially, like the driving. This is a very realistic driving scene because as soon as they were in the car, immediately I was like, oh, I already feel sick. And then when they pan up and around and come back upside down was really, really bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when they're like going through the forest and they have that drone shot that kind of goes up slowly and then follows them down the path. Mm-hmm. That was really bad. I'm not saying bad like yeah, quality. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it, it was unsettling. It was a pretty yeah. shot, but it made me re- it made me feel really, really sick. And I wish that I'd had somebody else there with me so that I could be like, just tell me when this scene's over because I fucking can't. Mm-hmm. I did love the flipping shot. I didn't get motion, but I understand that that yeah. happened from it. Um, just like a signal, like we are leaving the real world. We are entering fairy world. I did like it. I liked that a lot, but then it kept going. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> It hung in there for I was like, okay, we can bring it back. It just kept going, and then they're just driving upside down for a long time, and then we're looking at a sign upside down, and then I'm angry because I'm like, one, I don't read Swedish, but now you're trying to make me read Swedish upside down, you motherfuckers. 
I'm sure it's exactly what Ari Aster wanted it to do. <laughs> That's the takeaway I have. Like, he, we are feeling exactly what he wants us to feel. Yeah. Even if it's only subconsciously he wants us to feel this. Like, he said, oh, this is my idea of a fun movie. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, it makes me question whether or not he's seen movies before. Interesting bit of trivia. The first movie he ever saw in the theater was Dick Tracy. And he was so frightened by some of the gunplay that he ran from the theater and had to be caught blocks away. Is he an alien? He might be. Like an outer space extraterrestrial. Yeah, because Dick Tracy's a nice little confection of joy, but we can all blame Warren Beatty for all of Ari Aster's films. <laughs> just putting that out there. I'm just like, did he see a different version of Dick Tracy than I did? He saw the, the, the really upsetting cut where Dick Tracy shows his dick behind the <laughs> <laughs> And then gets sewn to a bear, and he's like, interesting notes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I did read something in the new Fangoria. There's an interview with Jordan Peele and Ari Aster, and he talks about editing in there. Ari Aster said that he just hates making cuts at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it shows. <laughs> he, I, I read an article where he described filmmaking as every day is a disappointment, because yeah. he doesn't get to do it exactly the way that he wanted to do it. And I'm like, dude... Dude, calm the fuck down. I'm gonna say, put out there, because we like to talk about Star Wars, that George Lucas got to do exactly what he fucking wanted to do with episodes one, two, and three. And it was bad. And it was bad. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe he should take a look at that. Yeah. And rethink well, his and, like, I just position. keep thinking about that bad fake foot on Danny when they get to Sweden and she's tripping for the first time. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got so many beautiful things in here, and you put that fucking foot right there. I can see why you were disappointed that day. That day makes sense. I think if he can find an editor that he likes and agrees with, I think there could be some merit, something for future films sure. to trim it down. My thinking is he, he would not like an editor that wants to trim it down. Yeah. No, that's why I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah, it's gonna. It would be a very would, strange symbiosis. Yeah, he would have to find someone that basically could talk to him. Like, yeah, I understand, but we're just gonna cut like 20 minutes. Like, that's it. Save it for the Blu-ray. We'll do whatever you want. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's that interested. In that. No. Yeah. Because as much as we have strange reactions to it, it's working for him. I mean, we were down on Hereditary, but it was one of the more beloved movies of last year, and this one's getting pretty great reviews. Well, and I think we talked about that with Hereditary. We saw what he was trying to do, and same thing with Midsummer. We yeah. we, we saw the merits there. It just wasn't our cup of horror tea. Right. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at True. this. There's no impetus for him to change, because it's, mm. yes. it's objectively working. Yeah. The thing I worry about with him and his next few movies is he's going to fall into the M. Night Shyamalan trap where each of his two movies have started with like shocking family deaths. I mean, this one was super beautifully shot. The one take following the hoses and the firemen mm -hmm. into the different rooms was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and her screaming afterwards was tearing into the flesh, yeah. into the soul. It was awful um, to watch. But it's a fun movie, apparently. I have questions about the family's death, actually. Was that vomit all over her sister's shirt? Yes. 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 How did her sister vomit through the hose that was taped in her mouth? I think it seeped through the tape, yeah. maybe. But then wouldn't it be all over the tape? I didn't look that closely. I did. <laughs> she could have also vomited while she's setting the parents up. But it was only on her boobs. Huh. It was only like where it would be if you were to be in a sitting position with more than I have. If Kinsey were to be sitting there and just vomited and it would just collect right there on the cleavage. This is true. That's, that's the only place that it was. 
Hmm. Maybe she was starting to vomit. and I mean, I'm giving him a lot more credit, so just keep that in mind here. Maybe she was starting to vomit as setting up the parents, and then as she's doing herself, bleh, and then... <laughs> the more we talk about this scene, the more I become detached from everything. Like... <laughs> Maybe a detachment. Like, who, when, who, it? who cares? When, all dead. when Danny dissociates, I do like the sound thing they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, now that was... Sort yeah. of drowning... Where you can, like, yeah. hear people talking, but you can't really hear what they're saying. Like, it's almost like a... Not like water in your ears. Water in your ears. I was trying to think of that. I play video games. I don't actually know weapons. When you throw that kind of grenade that just goes... Flashbang. Yeah. Flashbang. Like a flashbang where it's all just... Yeah. Like, it, that was I've that experienced was that one time when my blood pressure dropped real low and, like, I could hear, like, my blood whooshing in my ears and I couldn't hear anything else yeah. around me. That was weird. Yeah, well, I, I really, I liked it a lot in this movie and possibly this is one of the reasons that the soundscape was so unpleasant because, like, you could see that dissociation was giving her something. It was a respite for her because all of a sudden, like, the sound is tolerable. Mm. It like it feels more relaxing because you're just focused on her and she's looking around and you can't really see the background and you can't you don't have to deal with all of those annoying fucking sounds. So I think that those that was done very very well. I agree. I have questions about Danny's house, not Danny's house, Danny's family home. The wallpaper is very reminiscent of the stuff going on in Sweden. And I did a, not even notice the wallpaper. Like the the mural. I'm watching an Ari Aster movie, so I was yeah. looking for yeah. details. Yeah. Uh, the wallpaper in her family's home is va- like it looks. It's that same like Paneling folk and, style. Yeah. The the way that the flowers on the wallpaper are drawn. There's also like a flower crown on the nightstand. What if the sister got involved with Pele and Pele's like, here's how the universe really works. There's this dark god in a yellow house, and I need your sister. And here's how we're gonna do it. See, like I read something, and I can't remember what now. That kind of mentioned that mm-hmm. and I forgot about it until this moment was he involved I almost feel like Ari Aster writes a lot of like headcanon fan fiction yeah. for his own stuff yeah. for his own stuff <laughs> and then he makes the movie out of it and then he just expects all of us to have read it <laughs> and then it's like, or he, he's happy with us guessing until we start guessing, and then he's like, "No, this is what actually happened. Go forth. Yeah, go to archive of our own. Search, <laughs> search Aster. Yeah, yeah. Asterid. That's and his. You, that's his archive of our own name. We've decided. It's like you're gonna find it there. It's like I want to go there for Star Wars stuff, man. I don't have time for for that. You don't have time for that. But what I love about his movies is that he doesn't tell you everything. I think in most movies it's like 10% that you have to guess towards. In his movies it's like 30 or 40%. I want to agree with you. But she won't. But I won't because I do appreciate that he doesn't out and out tell you everything. But some of the things he tells you 49 times. <laughs> with including big, the characters' names. With a big oversized cudgel just bashing you in the head with this information. Or like, oh my god, there's a pubic hair in this food. Oh my god, let's all have a really irrational level of freak out about a hair in a food that's not made in a commercial fucking restaurant. Shit happens. People have have beards. If you go to Sweden, you're gonna get a pube. <laughs> also, <laughs> that's like, on the poster now. Yeah. <laughs> Visit Sweden for our pubes. <laughs> and there are some things where I'm like, you don't need to tell me, but maybe you should give me an actual clue. 
I'm saying this stuff, like, like I noticed the wallpaper, and as far as I, I know, that could just be Ari's enjoyment of being like, look at this art, it will be important later. The flower crown could just be like an ornamental look at this art piece, it will be important later. Important in that it's part of the set later, not important that this will actually help you unlock a part of the plot here. And Pele, while he was kind of weird with Danny, he wasn't there? Prior to, I like, I don't even remember him being in the bar scene. No, he was there. I'm was sure there, yeah. he was. Yeah. But like, cause I can picture the number of people, but I don't remember his face in that scene. Yeah. He, I he, really only like, like Christian and Chidi. No, yeah, Josh. Christian Chidi and Mark Fuckboy Vaping Mark were the were the main ones talking. I liked with Pele that he was like, really like, we're going, you guys are going to Sweden, we're going to Sweden. And then you add in the Danny aspect and he's like, yeah, she's going, right? Basically like, I don't want to be like that guy, but yeah, she's going. Oh, but that doesn't come till later. Yeah. The times you see them before they get to Sweden, he makes a point to interact with Danny, where the other guys really yeah. don't. But with, like, a weird hunger in his face. Oh, like, no. he, he has definitely um, cultivated her yeah. for this eventual role. I mean, and you really start seeing it when they're there, but he starts pretty early on. Like, yeah, he's, he's Red Flags boy. Yeah. I'm so glad but you like low-level red flags. He, he's the kind of red flags where you actually describe him as a nice guy to your friends. Right. And then later realize, oh, nice mm-hmm. guy, <laughs> not nice guy. But it only comes together like at the end. It's like, oh, I mean, I'm watching an Ari Oster movie and he, look, he looks at her that one time like, nope, nope, Pele's no good. Nope, Pele's bad. Pele bad. Pele yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is Pele objectively worse than Christian, though? I don't think so. <laughs> if he was a little more upfront about what he was doing, I think Pele would be blameless. He's like, we're going to go to my village. Many of you will die. <laughs> One of you may be the May Queen. And I'm like, okay, on Front Street, Pele. Respect. <laughs> what would have happened if she hadn't been the May Queen or if she always going to be the May Queen? I think she was always going to be the May Queen. Because the other girls were dropping... They drop pretty fast. And, and yeah. like, arbitrarily. It's not like, oh, they're struggling to stay in. They're struggling to stay in. It's just there's a certain point where they're like, okay. Some of those falls did seem very... Staged. Yeah. But others were legit because I saw, like, one chick was vomiting. Sure. And I yeah. was like, oh, God, they've all poisoned themselves except she, you know. That's I what I thought was I kept waiting for, yeah. like, whenever they would drink one of those weird drinks, I kept waiting for people to die. But also with Danny, too, she was the only one that really tried. Like, hey, I'm going to yeah. go over here. She was respectful from everything else she had going on. She was respectful, and so I think... She also didn't go there with an agenda. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't think... Well, I was gonna say, I don't think Mark went there with an agenda, but he did. His agenda was to impregnate fuck bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> During the whole dance sequence, I kept wondering if the other women didn't want to win. Because being the May Queen didn't actually seem like a very good thing, even after Danny got it. You know, they might actually want an outside, like, because yeah. they, they know that the May Queen's got to choose somebody to fucking die. Yeah. And if it's somebody in the village, like, oh, man, I know him. But, yeah. I mean, they were so detached from, like, the older people. They've reached their life's end, and they do it, and everybody's like, yeah, great. This is great. They've, you know, come full circle, and so, I don't know. I feel like they would have been okay with having to choose somebody, because, hey, this is just how it is, and it's an honor to be chosen and die horrible deaths. Do you think Danny's very good friend that she spoke to on the phone who told her that Christian was a piece of shit tried to talk her out of going to Sweden? Yes. Oh, definitely. I wish that she had succeeded. I wish that she'd been more of a character. Me too. Yeah. I wish we'd gotten to see Danny's very good friend. Like, I didn't like that she's the only person in this movie I liked. <laughs> Danny or Danny's friend? Danny's friend, who yeah. doesn't even have a name. Or, or, or was she all part of the plan? That's when she took the foot off the gas. <laughs> like, 
Except she's she's on Pele's payroll. <laughs> uh, everybody's on Pele's payroll. Yeah. Pele paying payroll. With... Can we talk about Christian and Danny's relationship for a minute? Yes. Sure. Yes. It's real bad. It's fucking gross. He gaslights the shit out of her. Yeah. She codependent. He gaslights. But then she's also like snipey at him. When Simon and Connie are like, how long have you guys been together? And he's like, three and a half years. And she she literally goes, four years, two weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. It extends to an interesting question. Was Christian ever good? That's no. a good question. I don't think so. I mean, I think I that's think... a reasonable answer. Or has he completely been, not, not beaten down by her, but he's just made enough bad choices that he has nothing left other than to be a bad person. See, I could see that because, like, he's in grad school. He's yeah. getting his PhD, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's in grad school. And he doesn't know what he's doing for his thesis yet. That's not how PhD programs work, although I loved it as a plot point. Um, but typically, you go into a PhD program with your thesis already decided. You have a direction. He doesn't have a direction, it seems like. Um, my favorite feud in the entire movie was the thesis feud. <laughs> I loved how angry, uh, I don't know Chidi's character's name. Josh. 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 Josh and Christian feuding over who gets to write the, the thesis paper was amazing. Um, <laughs> I was in love with it. I hated Christian so much in that scene, and I was so glad that Chidi, Josh, goddammit, <laughs> was being like, dude, you're an asshole. Because yeah. I was like, thank you, somebody, for telling him he's an asshole. Chidi calls him out and doesn't accept his gaslighting, because he tried to gaslight Chidi yeah. right there. Yeah. And Chidi was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, get it. But I think that feud kind of answers like the other big question, like, was Christian always bad? The answer is yes, because he treats his male friends like this, too. But I don't think he was, because he has male friends, and he has what might have been at some point a really good girlfriend. I think Christian's depressed. I think something. I don't know if I'd buy that. Chidi seems surprised by Christian's, I'm going to do this thing. And I feel like if Christian were always shitty, Chidi, Josh, would not have been surprised by it. I agree to that. I don't know if it's depression or if it's just... Depression might not be it, but yeah. like I think something has changed. Like apathy or like... Not defending Christian in any way, but here's some headcanon possibly that might explain that. He tried to get out of the relationship when it started to go sour a year prior to the film taking over and Danny just emotionally didn't let him out. Mm-hmm. And so he felt trapped in that and he feels trapped in that he starts making all these other choices. Mm. Doesn't absolve him of anything, but it's sort of... The there, way I can see his there's journey There's a reason going for it, yeah. not an excuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the way he treats her before her family is found is just so fucked up. <sighs> yes. But they even saying that, like, you've wanted out of this relationship for a year. Mm-hmm. So then I, I have this image of this scene of him trying to get out of it and she becoming too emotional for him to handle. Or mm-hmm. handles, wrong word, but to continue along that path. And he folds his cards and says, okay, okay, I'll stay. Yeah. Danny doesn't seem like a fucking joy to be around at any point. She's very emotionally dishonest. She is clearly hurting and having trouble, but as soon as he, like... And and some of this could be the gaslighting that he's done, um, but she folds on how she's feeling a lot and just says, no, you're right, I don't feel that way. Or she will be like, I'm fine, I just need to be alone, while she's literally, like, about to have heaving, sobbing tears happen. Dealing with her might be like dealing with that friend that you have that makes bad decisions all the time about everything. And you're like, 
fam, come on, you know what you need to do. Please do this thing. And they're like, you're right. You're right. I should do it. And then immediately they're like, ha ha ha. Just kidding. I'm doing the same bad shit again. But the only advice we see him give her during the movie is like, just ignore your suicidal sister. Yeah. Right. And Which I is legit. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's legitimate advice. I'm saying that is advice that people legitimately give to other people yes. all of the time. Stop doing that. They're just trying to get attention. But he is a shit for giving that advice. He's a shit for so many reasons. Yeah. That is just one of a thousand. Yeah. But is he a tragic shit or a willful shit? I think that everybody in this movie is tragic. Possibly except for Mark. He got his dick cut off real good. Right? <laughs> I think so. Is someone was wearing his face in that scene? Yes. Yeah. Was that the, the Oracle? No. This is one of those things yeah. where I'm like, maybe you should give us a hint rather than just JK rolling it and telling us it happened. But according to the articles I read, it was Ulf, the guy who yelled at him for pissing on the tree. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Okay. Oh, also the way that Christian was like, I invited her, but she's not coming. She said she's coming, but she's not coming. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening in this scene? Right. Like, wait, how did he rationalize that one? Yeah. Like, this is going to be my big escape plan. Sweden. I'm just going to go to Sweden and never come back. It's well, like, I live there now. I don't know. Did he think she wouldn't be able to get the money for a plane ticket? She's probably sitting on some inheritance money. I mean, not to yeah. be crass about it. Yeah. No, probably, I mean, yeah. Her whole family just nice. died. Yeah. Yeah. They've got some money to... She's the sole heir. She's got some money to throw she's around. She's literally yeah. alone. Like, her family is gone. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, she's going to cling to whoever's left, you know? I guess that's why I always saw it with the whole gaslighting. I mean, I see... I understand what you're saying, but, like, her going away was just she had learned to deal that he can't handle any emotions from her so that's why she's immediately like you're right I'm not doing this and so she can actually release those emotions she's going away since he yeah. can't handle it and, and if he had you know a little backbone and was able to like go through that breakup a year ago because I think she would have eventually been okay but he just he had this image of himself as a good guy and immediately when she was like you're breaking my heart he'd be like nope never mind I'm not bad guy I'm not bad guy yeah that's probably a really good description of Christian. Yeah. Because, like, even whenever she was like, are you coming over later? He clearly didn't want to come over later. But he was also like, well, fuck. I guess I'm coming over later. He doesn't want to be a good boyfriend because he loves Danny and, you know, wants to be supportive of her. He wants to be a good boyfriend because he doesn't want the people to say he's a bad boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's Because more... he, he acquiesces to everybody in this movie. Literally, whatever the closest person wants from him at any given point, he does it. Except for the thesis thing. Except yeah. for the thesis thing. I think that's the first time he's really honest. Yeah, because he's been tripping on Sherman for days. And he's like, I'm going to steal theses. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> what he had in his trip was uh, right. was actually Ari Oster showing up going you're going to steal this he's like I'm totally going to steal this yes Lord Astor going back to the conversation that you brought up Adrian where they had asked how long they were together and he's like eh, three and a half years and she's like four years two weeks and I was like I can understand where she'd be a little irritated by that because would they not have just presumably celebrated their four year anniversary two weeks ago and he couldn't even remember and it was her birthday or they fundamentally and disagree about when the relationship began and she's or counting from the yeah, day yeah. they first had sex. Mm -hmm. He's counting from the day when he finally said, oh, I guess I have a girlfriend. Yeah. Listen, I just think you my husband come and together I, on a date, maybe. My husband and I happen to know the date that we started dating mm -hmm. because we saw a movie on opening day. And we can, like, look back and be yeah. like, this is the day that we Godzilla 2000. Nice. <laughs> and then when we got engaged... He did it on that day. Mm -hmm. And then when we got married, we got married on that day. Because we're like, we're not going to muddy this yeah, up yeah, with yeah. just multiple days. 
If you were to ask me how long we've been married or together, I would seriously sit here for a little while and do math about my nephew's birthday because I know my sister-in-law was pregnant with him when we got married. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I have no fucking clue. It's been half of my life now and I don't know. And I'm just like, four years, two weeks, you petty bitch. Calm down. <laughs> my only... It's like those people that are like, my daughter is 47 months old. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Well, I'm, I'm okay with it, though, because the big milestone, the four-year milestone, was only two weeks yeah. ago. Like, it just happened. And that's what I took away from it. Not the whole, like, she's jabbing with the two I weeks guess. thing. I'm just like, it just happened. And he's like, meh, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I was fine with it because it was her birthday that day, and he hadn't said dick to her about it. So yeah. she's feeling a little salty. So, yeah, it's four years in two weeks. Can't remember my fucking birthday. So if he had walked up <laughs> <laughs> to say if he had walked up her and got dick on your birthday, you'd have been okay with it. In this film, yes. That's what I'm going to say to Kinsey on her birthday next year. Dick. <laughs> Not calling you a dick. Just saying dick. dick. I'm going to post on your Facebook. All right. Dick. <laughs> I had a question. At the end of Hereditary, the end of this, there's these like magical rituals and the movie just kind of ends. Do you think in Ari Aster's universe, the magic actually works? Does it do something? Or did we just watch a bunch of brutality? We just watched a bunch of brutality. Hereditary, yes. The magic is real. Midsummer, no. Okay. But it's real to them. Real to them, but it's purely a folk tradition. It is a belief in a mythology. Whereas I think Hereditary, there's actually is a King Paimon. Yeah. I'm waiting for the Glass-style movie he's going to direct in 20 years where King Paimon and, and, and the May Queen and whatever fucked up thing he comes <laughs> up with in the next movie team up and just start knocking heads together. Oh, I just <laughs> had a thought with that. I think that the magic in this one's not real because Maya is casting that love spell on Chris and it's not working. Well, it does get him to screw her. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It seems like he would have done that anyways because he's a dirtbag. But he's not... But he also needed shrooms. I think the shrooms are real in Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, was, yeah the shrooms are real. But, like, at no point is he, like, looking at her longingly or with lust. Right. He does not desire her. He's just going through, like, rote actions. Even though she is doing this magic on him. She's put the magical rune stone under his bed. She put her menstrual blood in his drink. She put her pubic hair in his food. And none of this is making him love her. So I, I set him on fire in a bear costume. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the only, you know. That's obviously the only option. <laughs> Sweet knows how to take care of that shit. Like, <laughs> Danny was not measuring up in the get rid of Christian department. And Sweden's like, okay, <laughs> get me a bear. Get me a knife. We'll get this done. <laughs> You good with doing your part? Yeah. All right, great. What if this is Ari Oster's uh, Dario Gento Three Mothers kind of thing? You Can could... you explain? I have no idea what you just said. Okay. So <laughs> there are three three mothers, three witches in his basically Suspiria trilogy. Suspiria, Inferno, Mother of Tears. And it's Inferno that you find out that this is, they're all kind of interconnected. Granted, it takes him 20 years or so to get back to it. And just when you mention magic... So there's Paimon, whoever this is that they're worshiping to. The dark one? Name. Yeah. The black one? The black one? The, the dark one. one? Something like that? Just a thought. Could be. Yeah. I mean, there could be connections there. Because you're already with this film, and you kind of saw it a little bit with Hereditary. It's got a lot of Wicker Man written mm-hmm. all over. 
over it. It felt like the Wicker Man. Yeah. Full stop. And I think that's why I have a lot more patience for this one than I did Hereditary because I love the Wicker Man. Like, he turns the Wicker Man up to eleven in this one. Yeah, where he it's does. Like, it's a yeah. six or seven in, in Hereditary. And, but, and I and I just and because I do love the Wicker Man so much, and so I got that, and which was seventy three or Cage seventy three. Okay, I felt I figured I just thought we should clarify. I know that no, that is a valid. But, but same question for you. 70... There's enough hesitation. It's Cage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 73 is better, but I just kind of fucking love Nicolas Cage. Sure. I knew that about you. <laughs> I did the lawyer trick of asking a question I already knew I had to answer. <laughs> I'm not saying that Nicolas Cage's version is better because it's not. I just love that he is not afraid to make a fool of himself and he just does. He just goes there? He just goes full tilt in everything he does. And I find that very... Honorable is not the word I'm looking for, but... Admirable? Admirable, thank you. Yeah. Very admirable. And I just think he's a nice guy. Okay. I met him. I was waiting for that, too. In a cemetery. At his grave. At right? his grave. <laughs> In the future. I knew where that was going somewhere. <laughs> what was he doing at his grave? I don't know. I was apparently trying to take a picture of it, because I didn't know that it was his. Yeah. And he was standing directly behind me, and I was trying to back up to get it. In the my, more I hear about the story, the more it sounds made up. But <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to back up. I only found out that it, like that was what I was trying to take a picture of recently. I was just like, oh, there's this yeah. weird hollow pyramid in this graveyard. Yeah. That's that's bananas. And I was trying to back up to take it, and there was somebody standing behind me. And I kind of glanced, and I was like, motherfuckers, like, can't you see I'm trying to take it? Like, move out of my way. And I was just annoyed at how they wouldn't move, and then I got my picture, and I stepped to the side. And then Jack, like, grabs my arm like this, and it's like, oh my god, is that Nicholas Cage? <laughs> I was like... The story's becoming more believable now. Jack's <laughs> <laughs> performance. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I turn around and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was Nicolas Cage. And then we proceeded to creepily follow him for a moment while we made sure that it was Nicolas Cage. And well, then... Where did he go after that? What did he do? He went through the cemetery, probably. Is he here? He, he <laughs> vanished into the fog. Uh, into a beam of pure light. <laughs> but then as he like started to walk away, Jack was like, Mr. Nicolas Cage! And Nicolas Cage turned around and Jack was like, oh my god, it's you! And he was like, yes, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we got a picture with him, but it was really hard because he's really tall oh, and we're really short. Mm -hmm. So literally my arms were not long enough to take a selfie that contained both of our heads. So Jack and I could not be in the picture at the same time. And then he asked me what my favorite Nicolas Cage movie was, and I panicked, and Wait, I said... Nicolas Cage asked you what yeah. your favorite Nicolas Cage movie was? Yeah. Did, he... Did he say the words, what's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? No, okay. I don't remember what he... Like, I think Jack started the conversation. That sounds more right. And then I was asked what mine was, and I panicked, and I didn't lie. Connie. But what I said was, Kiss of the Vampire. And Nicolas Cage goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going with that. He goes, huh, okay. He's going to remember you for the rest of his life. <laughs> He's still looking to meet that woman that he met all those years ago in the cemetery. Like, she liked Kiss of the Vampire. Okay. She saw what I was trying to do there. Dude, Kiss of the Vampire is a good fucking movie. No, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I would have went Raising Arizona asked that question, but I'm not, you know. There are definitely lots of other movies that I could have said, but I don't regret my answer. 
I like how much we're talking about Nicole's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So midsummer. Midsummer. Um, Wait, did you answer your own question about? Do you believe the magic was happening? In Hereditary, I think it was. Okay. In this one, I don't know. I just don't think we get enough information. I think we know that the love potion is not working. Yes. We don't know that these. I think they said that this happens every ninety years. Yes. We don't know if that's working or not. And I the, think part of it is we don't even know what it is they're doing. It's for the crops. Like they do. Yeah. It's sure. It's for the crops, but like. I guess it's just for good crops or something. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like enough to or know if it's working. For not famine, for, I don't know. Maybe another prosperous 90 years? Yeah. My, just, my thing, just in the context of the movie, the magic's not real. It is just this yeah. ritual that they had. The only thing that made me question that was when she had become May Queen, I believe she was not tripping on anything, but we were being shown, like, her crown of flowers. The flowers was, were, were pulsating. She was. Yeah. I think that she was. She had taken a sip of something. They gave yeah. all of the dancers. Oh, the, I just thought she would have come down from that, but um, maybe not. And then when they were, we don't really know how long they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But then when they're at the dinner, they drink something else. There's something something yeah. white okay. in the little shot glass okay. that they've been drinking a lot mm-hmm. throughout the movie, and they drink that. Okay, okay. I want that to helps. circle back to Wicker Man quick and say, I think this actually has more to, in common with Cannibal Holocaust. Like, the people who are going there to respectfully document what life is like in this place, and instead kind of destroying the the customs, disrespecting it, and then being brutally murdered. And Cannibal Holocaust is as a result of their like disrespect. In this it was very much I think they would have died no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they had to, because that was part of the reason that they were brought there. Because they wanted to kill four outsiders. Yeah. Four new bloods, two olds, two volunteers, and then the lottery. Yeah. Seems like a lot of people for a small community. Yeah. I guess uh, it's only a It was nine years. people, so that's... You so know, one yeah. person per decade. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And I don't remember. I didn't count, so I didn't think of it at that time. I think during the sex scene, and during the, the scene where Danny is crying and everyone's emoting with her... Mm-hmm. I would guess that there are nine people in each of those scenes, too. You're probably right, because that scene... I just didn't count it. I didn't either. I didn't think to count it. Yeah. But I do find it interesting, and I just now, as we're talking about that... Christian's name is Christian, and this is oh, a yeah. pagan ritual. Yeah. And they, they sacrifice, and it's like, all right. Definitely not a coincidence. Yeah. There are right-wing headlines saying that this movie is a call-out for Christians to save the world. It's the opposite. This is very <laughs> much like a critique of yeah. white toxic masculinity, Christian yeah. toxic masculinity. And how could they possibly say that that's Ari Aster's intent? Um, did you miss the part where I said right-wing Christians? Uh, yeah, but, like, usually they'll even... Mac's trying to give them a lot of credit, okay? Yeah, a lot of credit, Mac. I'm trying to find some cogency to the argument I don't agree with. But... You're working real hard for this, and you just don't. It's like when Rush Limbaugh said the reason they named the villain Bane in The Dark Knight Rises was to criticize Mitt Romney, even though Bane had been a villain for, like, 20 years. Mitt yeah. Romney's been a villain, though, for 20 years. <laughs> Sorry. Hashtag topical humor. <laughs> I have a question about after the ritual suicide. Mm-hmm. Why did that kid look at the camera? I didn't know. There was kid. a few moments in the movie where people just looked at the camera. And I have no idea. What oh, I don't. I completely that. miss those. Like, yeah, other too. than to maybe it would creep you out. It didn't creep me out. It just really took me out of the movie. And I was like, why? Like, I thought that the next shot was going to be showing us something that he was looking at. 
Which, which kid? Who are we talking about? Nobody. Like, like oh, just a background person. Uh, an attractive androgynous person. Oh, okay. Who nah, I said you zeroed in. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Well, yeah, an attractive yeah. androgynous person. I say kid because they looked like they could either be a fourteen-year-old boy or an androgynous twenty-five-year-old. I completely missed him looking at the camera, so there was no person looking at the camera. <laughs> There's definitely three or four. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. At different points. I don't know why. I have a question about the ritual suicide. Why did the man jump off straight up and down? Because <laughs> he's a dumbass. <laughs> You're to go face first. Face first. Always face first. Yeah. I was just like, that's not... I think it's very difficult to do that. So I'm not going to critique his form. <laughs> But I think that she definitely, like, I would rather have had that happen oh, than yeah. the shot of his leg was absolutely oh, horrifying. Oh, yeah. I think that was the best gore in the movie. Yeah. There's this rock climbing thing that my daughter likes to do. And the rope is that kind of rope where once you get to the top, you can push off and it'll just go like feather fall. Uh-huh. But she can't do it. Like, she gets to the top and then she has to climb back down because you can see her up there like, one, two, three, uh. But her little hands will just not let go. Yeah. And I think that there's just, in some people, this survival instinct yeah. that says, no, don't do that. And it doesn't matter how fine you know you are, you just fucking can't. Okay. And I think that he was like, I'm going to jump now. And then he jumped and he was like, oh no, I've chosen poorly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, after the reaction of the British people and then the father or whatever was like, Ingmar, did you not warn them? And I'm like, well, really, nobody warned our people either. Chidi just happened to know what it was and then wouldn't tell anybody. And then Chidi was anybody. way too giddy about yeah, that. Yeah, that scene was so strange. He was like giggling. He was actually excited. Yeah, he was actually excited. And that was bananas. That was such a sociopathic reaction. It, yeah, because I was like, okay, they're going to fuck. Like, I was expecting nudity because I saw, you know, I was like, okay, it's going to be graphic nudity. That's what it's going to be. And no, but I did love the gore. And uh, the hammer smashing, like the, the mandible, is that what that's called? I don't yeah, know. If you're a mug. That's the maxilla, right? Max. This is your mandible, is your upper maxillary, is the bottom. I don't the lower know. jaw. The lower jaw. Smashed. Okay, listen, nerd. It got <laughs> shredded. Yeah. It got fucked up. Oh, yeah. The that away. was. Yeah. So, it felt like birthdays were important, but then it also felt like that was a dropped plot point. She was really like, it's my birthday. And then Paley was like, this is my sister, born on the exact same day as me. I didn't take it as a dropped point, just more him hinting that she's always belonged here. She, This is where she's always needed to be. That's kind of how I took it. I yeah. thought he was like, this is my sister born on the same day as me, but it looked like they weren't actually twins. And so later you learn that the kids are raised by the community. And so... Oh, she's probably she's not even sister. His... Yeah, yeah. She's not his blood sister. She's just another child that was born on the same day, I guess. Okay. Is what I took from that. Can we talk about the things that this movie feels like it's saying? Sure. So when they all first get to the commune place, all of the dudes, and it seems to be primarily dudes at first, hug each other in this very close, intimate way. It's like both hands, like, I'm going to kiss you now. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like for a minute, I was like, are they like queer coding the villains? And it felt, mm. it felt weird to me. Like the hug felt weird. But then they introduced like other people hugging like that. I think part of the problem that I always have with movies like this is the things that it ends up demonizing without maybe meaning to. You can't have Santa Claus without demonizing the poor, right? And you can't make this movie without making this close community feel bad. 
you have all of this accepted comfort with their sexuality and then by the way that this movie happens, they are the bad guys. And so you're sort of implying that the prudish Americans are doing it right. And see, I didn't take that away from this film. I'm not saying there's people that don't take what you're saying away. How I took it away was, one, I never felt the community was the bad guys. This is what they know. This is what they've done. Honestly, Christian and Will and them, that's who I took. The Americans, except Danny, as the bad guys. That's me, though. I liked the comfort that they gave. I liked being open with their sexuality. Like, I never... Okay, but they murdered people. Murder's not a cultural difference. I'm gonna draw a line right here. It's not a cultural difference, but going by who's the villain, who's not, I never saw them as the villains. They were gonna murder those people, whether or not they were bad people. If they hadn't harvested victims. Okay. I would be on board with that. If these people had were just like, hey, we're in Sweden and we're partying. What's this, a village? Oh, what's this all about? And then they were like, we have ways in our culture. And then, then they killed them. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, if they okay. had just stored, if they were like, we're backpacking through Europe because we're Americans. Fuck yeah. But they, they sent Pele and uh, Ingmar oh. out and said, go, bring us blood. Yeah. <laughs> a question of like, is Pele choosing shitty people to kill? Because he's running the money about it. Yes, play yeah. work, and they praise his intuition. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Ingmar was not great. Ingmar was not great. Those people seemed very nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like that couple a lot. I even like that in the middle of the crisis, couple. Connie was like, "I'm so sorry that we didn't get to talk more. I have to go." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point too. Is that was Pele picking shitty people? I mean, maybe, but the fact still remains: these people are murdering people. They are sending invoice out to invoice <laughs> out to bring back victims. They're not good guys. My understanding is also that in Europe, like, men can hug like that, and it's that's not true. queer-coded. And they are in Sweden. That's true. That's probably of... American prudishness. Fuck you, America. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> Why the fuck would he pee there? He is. Oh, that Because it seemed like they were still shoveling the ashes. Yeah, he was like, like I'm going to go over to this, like, ceremonial disposal and pee on it. Were there They're not right there. outhouses? There were outhouses. There were trees that were not having ashes shoveled into them. <laughs> there was a lot to see that was not the tree. Is he a dog? Like, why would he pee there? He's garbage. Ah. Also, he did you guys garbage. notice the shining pattern on Danny's blanket? Oh! Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I like that. That goes in, because I thought when they're traveling to Sweden, it felt very shiny. Very overlooked. Yeah. 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 Like so that, that kind of goes with... That trip of them going through the forest yeah. Looked a lot like the car going to the Overlook. Yeah. I think what Aster is trying to say with this, I don't know that it's completely coherent. I mean, I think he's trying to critique toxic masculinity in his way. In his way, I think it's bad. I think it's really, really flawed. He still has demonized female sexuality. He has still made it weird and Mm. manipulative. Um, He still has a movie with primarily only female nudity. To the 12 naked women, we have two naked men. Yes. But it's not a movie not afraid of male nudity. True, but still, the ratio is off. And the dudes that have sex are manipulated into having sex. Mark is the most willing, but still, they have still made female sexuality dangerous. Did Mark even end up having sex? No. No. 
it still makes the female body weird. We're still fucking like putting menstrual fluid and pubic hair in Christian's drink. Like it is still making a thing of female sexuality in a yeah. way that I do not appreciate. Mm. And I think we're fucking done with it. Okay. I do not need to see any more movies about this. Also, how old is Maya? Very old enough to have sex. I forget how old. In like, that culture. Yeah. Like that's Pele, all I've got. Paley told us how old that was. But I forgot. I think it's 16. That's what I was thinking in my head. I think it's 16, but I don't... They really made her look young. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the sort of weird body shaming that happened in the sex scene. The first shot, you're like, cool, women of all different sizes and looks, that's neat. But then when Christian gets up and he turns around and there's that one particular woman, that was a punchline. Was it a punchline because of the way she was shaped or was it a punchline because she was pushing his butt into the girl? It might have only been a punchline because she was pushing his butt into the girl yeah. until she smiled and she had no teeth and she was the Agreed. exact you're right. like internet version of, yeah. ha ha ha, look at this hag. Yeah. You would be correct, if not for the final touch of the mm, tea. I had forgotten about that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Was that her mom? When they're having sex and she reaches up and holds the lady's hand? That was her mom, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> One really, I guess, important thing. Yeah, it's important. I didn't notice it until just a little while ago when I read an article about it, but I noticed there was a lot of reflections. And then I was just interested in runes because. And so I pulled up, I don't know, I was looking at rune stuff on the internet, and it, it talked about how the runes that were chosen mean something when they're viewed at one way, and then when you reverse them, they mean something. Oh. Different. Oh, yeah. And so, like, one of them, I can't remember exactly if what I'm saying is correct, but basically, one of them meant, like, let's say prosperity or something, looked at it this way, but if you turn around this way, it's discord. Oh. Um, anyway, it was just a really interesting article that I just quickly saw right before we started, and I was like, that's what the mirrors were about. Because I was like, what was with all the reflections and the that's mirrors cool. and all this stuff? So, yeah, I'm going to read more about that now. Do you guys feel like anybody in this movie had agency? Like, does, did anybody in this movie make a choice? Pele. 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 Yeah. yeah, he'd be the only... Ingmar, I think, made choices. <laughs> it didn't work out. Yeah. In the uh, English class scene in Hereditary, the teacher says... I watched it again a month or two ago, so Betsy could see it. He Why would said, you do that to her? She's so wonderful. <laughs> she wanted to. The English teacher said that heroes are more tragic if they don't have agency. That's and true. I don't agree with that choice that Aster has made, but it's definitely his aesthetic. Yeah. I hate it. That's what I was saying about the M. Night Shyamalan thing earlier. His aesthetic is like, parents die... Characters have no agency, but we know that's coming in his movies now. Yeah. So his third movie has those things, because the shocking death in Hereditary was absolutely yeah, good punch. The shocking death at the beginning and this were very well shot, and like the grieving felt true to life, but it wasn't shocking because we saw that in his last movie. Yeah. yeah. I would argue that the characters in Hereditary did have agency, though. The but boy was the making... protagonist. I think things are happening to him. He made decisions that led to this. Granted, it was a fucking accident. Yeah. But... But Real quick, compare this to Pet Cemetery, right? Not the new movie. Just the story in general. <laughs> yeah, okay. You've got these characters who do all these things, and they are making decisions. And all the decisions lead here. And all the decisions feel like it's the only decision they could possibly make. And it's all bad, but they still make them. And it doesn't feel like these characters make any decisions. Shit just happens. The one decision they made was, let's go to Sweden. Yeah, I think that's his thing. Yeah. I don't agree with you. I agree with you that it's better when characters are making their own decisions. It's more entertaining. It's more, I don't know a good word for it. It the connects third. more. Yeah. It, it feels like something's happening. Yeah. Like you're watching a person. These are like, all of these characters could be Bella Swan from Twilight. 
Okay. Because that's her whole thing. She doesn't really yeah. make decisions. She just appears and she is a blank slate. I think their personalities are important, but they don't affect plot. But I don't think he cares about plot. I don't think he cares about plot either. <laughs> Can somebody explain to me Simon's wings? That is the blood eagle, where they rip open your back, pull out your lungs, and you sit there until you die. He was still alive. He was still alive. Okay, so that was his lungs inflating. How are the flowers staying in his eyes? That I don't know. Glue. Magic. <laughs> Glue magic. I don't know if there were eyes in his eyes, I but... they're just sockets. I think the flowers oh, okay. are in the yeah. sockets. But it was just a single flower. I have flowers at my house. The stems are short. They don't even stay behind your ear. What are they hooked into in his eyes? Well, you just, just probably put some, some, some hooks or something in the flowers. And yeah. You get them good and connected into the ocular so, cavity. I guess my second question about this is why? Because it's pretty. But couldn't they do that to Mark? Like, why Simon? He didn't do anything. Those two were the only ones that disrupted the ritual of the elders jumping down. They're the they only ones that... Yeah. 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 I mean, I totally get why they wouldn't. I would have done it too. And it was totally from a realistic human place. But... They interrupted the flow. Yeah, because they did yes. turn around and look at them after yeah. the first one because they were noticeably shocked, as they should be. Yeah, he keeps like, this is fucked, this is fucked. And I'm like, he's right, but maybe wait until the social period after the service is over. It just seems <laughs> yeah. like that punishment could have been given to somebody more deserving. I would agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I only know about it because we saw it on the show Vikings, like they explained it. Also, they are the meat tarts mm-hmm. people... Are the what? Are the meat tarts people? No. I wondered, but I thought <laughs> that. I hope not. They don't spend all their time killing people, so that would have to be a pretty regular meat supply. I did appreciate, though, with the reveals that these are normal slasher reveals, and they were done in the light, so you yeah. saw them, where, like the stuff where they're finding one, this is... It's bright. Yeah, that's true. I did like that. And I did, so I like that slasher aspect of it. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what we're doing here. I'm sorry, one last question. What did Danny think was happening in the Chapel of Moaning? Because I would not have heard those sounds and thought, oh, Obs, my boyfriend's having sex in there. She watched him. I wish she knew what was there. Sex noises. Why? How would you know they were sex noises? I think sex noises are kind of recognized. They were imitating literally her (laughs) moan. I know. But I would not hear synchronized moaning of 12 people and think, that's sex. And I've been to a lot of, like, kink parties. They don't synchronize moan. But have you been to kink parties in Sweden that... (laughs) I don't have a passport. (laughs) For this very reason. (laughs) I find if I don't have a passport, I'm less likely to end up in movies like this or Hostel. Gotcha, gotcha. I think it was more just it was not something she was expecting, so she went to investigate. That's what I think. And they were like, no, you don't want to. Oh, I guess. Go ahead, Danny. Uh, they wanted her to. Oh, no, I know. That's why I, I said they didn't stop her. I just, I just realized that they wanted her to. I think they wanted her to pick Christian. Yeah. Again, because they're fucking villains. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was Christian. He was kind of garbage. He was garbage, but, but like, sh- the crime of being a bad... Else. You know what? I'll wait for this. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else, gang? Danny's eye color changes. Or is that the shrooms? Well, they go from, like, brown to green-blue. I think that's on purpose. I just don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea why. I don't know either. <laughs> Part of that 30% was just, we don't know. Yeah. Fanfiction fiction headcanon. Just look up Astrid. <laughs> Alright, so here we go with our rule, poll, and quote. So I have our quote, so we're just going to ignore the bear. And they do! They do! And <laughs> for the entire movie until the very end, they ignore the fucking bear. And you do forget about that, oh yeah, there's a bear. And I didn't. I didn't because the whole movie I kept thinking, are they really just going to ignore the bear? <laughs> 
thinking the bear is going to eat someone. The entire film, I was just waiting for the bear to eat someone. That's a little too the covenant. Like, I've seen that. I thought it was more likely that somebody was going to fuck the bear. See, that was me. That was my concern was like, oh, don't fuck the bear. Don't fuck the bear. This is, I know it's Ari Aster, but one of these days he's going to get to the point where he's like, all right, all I got left is that we got to fuck the bear. No, once again, it's going to be his next film. There's bear fucking. It's actually going to be called Mid Bear, bear Fucking. fucking. <laughs> it's a band name. Adrian and Mac, you guys have a rule, because we have a two-part rule here. The rule I have is, if your party is slowly diminishing one by one, leave. Gather your party and flee. I thought he was explaining away, what's his name, Christian? He was just kind of like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. It's good. Literally, y'all are the only two left at this point. Yeah, like, I feel like, sure, Connie and Simon, they were part of your group, whatever. But then once you lose Mark and Josh... And the only hesitation I think I have on that is that Connie and... I'm blanking on his name. Mark. No. no Simon. 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 Do try to leave. And they're prepared for that. But they're not because they split up. But not in a, oh, you go over there. It's They are not in the same location continuously. That's what I'm saying. Don't yeah. fucking split up. Why would you split up? I think she went to get the bags as he was waiting for the truck. If Why I, would you do if, that? If I was dating either Christian or Danny, I might want to, you know, a moment. Yeah, but if you were Connie and Simon in this... Connie and Simon are fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also, I just feel like they're all pretty fucking stupid to be like, Connie and Simon left under weird circumstances, and now the two other people that we came here with have left. Mark, who was largely uninterested in things except fucking, who we could easily verify if he's taking a nap, but he's not. Yeah, at that point. And I then agree. Josh, who would definitely fucking be here for a ritual and food. But the book was missing and they're blaming it on Josh. The book wasn't missing before they had a conversation about people being gone. That's true. Yeah, but that, right after. It was like the explanation. Sure, but... I think Connie and Simon would have got... got even if they hadn't split up? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. But the American group was bigger. When the American group heard Connie and Simon left, I would have accepted that because they they were the least comfortable yeah. with what was happening up until that point. I would have also accepted Connie and Simon. Yeah. But when my own group yes. started yeah. going missing, Agreed. I would be like, nope, this is weird. Because like Connie and Simon, I don't know them. I just met them. It's been weird, short, whatever. But like if we went to Sweden and then like Mac was gone and then Kinsey was gone, I would be like... Hey, you three, we should probably run and call the cops. And I think for Danny, that makes a ton of sense. Christian feels like he's researching for his thesis. So there's nothing that's going to get him out of there. He's an idiot. And his thesis isn't that important. But he's got, like, a well, huge motivation. But he hasn't started it yet. Yeah. <laughs> he's thought about it once, then he stole someone else's idea. <laughs> and he feel like this you. is going to be the ticket out for him. Like, oh, I'll get my thesis, and then I can go to a, another university to start teaching. And Danny, you know, yeah, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go now, because I wrote my thesis. Anyway, just if your party starts diminishing, leave. You know, really, this had a happy ending because Danny found her family. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was self-actualized as fuck at the end of that. She was like, good. See, that's, good. that's another thing I have a problem with is that you get the female character that finds peace by revenge. And while her feelings are valid, she expresses them incredibly unhealthily. And then by the end of it, this is fine. At <laughs> least, though, he didn't do the rape trope with the revenge. Sure. I'm not justifying, but I... It's better. Yeah. But I still don't fucking need this movie in fucking right. 2019. No, no, no. I, this I, would have been good, like, 2015. Okay. 
2010, this would have been fantastic. But in 20-fucking-19, I'm done with these particular storylines. Uh, the other rule, if your relationship is on the rocks, whatever you do, don't go traveling. Yes, with them. With them. Oh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that just makes things worse. Uh, years ago, I was at the end, that end phase of a relationship. Whose fault is it? Who cares? We're both miserable. We take a day trip to Stillwater, and by the end of it, I thought I had gone to Nam. <laughs> It was, it was just, why did we do that? I did it accelerates time. It accelerates feelings. If, mm-hmm. if both of those are bad, it accelerates the badness. Fucking OKC, when I was at the end of a relationship, we did not make it to the main streets before I pulled into a quick trip. And I was like, then just fucking get out of the car if you don't want to come to the fucking concert. And he did. And I was like, all right, I'm driving to OKC by myself angry. Yep, don't do that. Yeah. Bad idea. Keep it at home base if yep. things are on the rocks. Like you said before, it amplifies everything by 10. Yeah, if you're doing great, hey, it's going to be the greatest trip of your life. But yeah. if you know, if the writing's on the wall, stay near the wall. <laughs> Who's got the quote? Um, Can I give a quick shout out to you're American, just jam yourself in there? <laughs> Uh, we did the quote because it was the bear. Mac actually also had oh, a that whole right. question. Uh-huh, that that was one of the quotes I laughed out loud at. Nobody yeah. else did. <laughs> I laughed. My theater was also very quiet. I think they were in a state of shock. Probably. Which is about where Master wants you. Yeah. Did Christian take the holy text? I didn't even think about it until you asked that. It clearly went somewhere. It doesn't really make sense for the elders to have hidden it, only to come back and say somebody took it. Unless it's not actually missing, and they just said that to try to give a cover for, for Josh. why Josh is gone. See, but at I this t- point, the nets around them, like, do they really even need to do covers anymore? They still want Christian to fuck Maya. That's true. Yeah, they still need that event. I took it always as a red herring that it was never missing, and it was just to explain away where their friends went. My head canon is that Christian actually killed Josh and took the book and figured that he could blame it on Josh. Oh, Josh left. Josh left with the book. He's not with us. There's that whole scene where he's like, no, we don't associate with him as friends or as professionals, brah. <laughs> the, the, the exactly person nice who killed Josh was wearing Mark's face. Yeah, I was about to say, I just remember Was that. he? The the editing in that scene is not 100% clear. Josh yeah. was still making noise, too. Yeah. Somebody thwacked him in the head. There were two people. There were two people. Could it have been Christian and then the uh, the oracle with Mark's face? It wasn't the oracle. It was Ulf. It, it was Ulf. Yeah. Okay. It was, or Ulf with Mark's face was also in there. I only know that Ulf has a name because the articles I read after the movie told me so. But would Christian have been okay with the fact that he just saw that Mark was dead at that point? Yeah. And skinned and flayed and... Yeah. Fair. I mean, fair. He, 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 Christian <laughs> doesn't seem to have attachment. Like, I spent a lot of time in this movie wondering how are we supposed to feel exactly about Christian? Is he a psychopath? Because it seems like some of the things that they they have him say to Danny, right. they give it a very sinister framing. If everybody else dies and he gets out of there alive, he's free of his girlfriend. He has his thesis pretty much figured out, and he got a cool story about traveling in Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> the Yelp review of that town would be very high. The direction on some of the acting was contradictory. I I felt very confused about how I was supposed to feel about certain scenes. Sure. And what I would say is the missing holy text as a red herring feels like a very sloppy red herring. It does. Yeah. For a movie that at that point is relatively tightly plotted for an Ari Aster film. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Christian had more to do. It feels like there are a lot of loose threads in this one, though. Like, it feels a lot sloppier than Hereditary. Well, there's a way that you can see who it is, Mac. You're not going to like my answer, 
when it comes out on DVD, no, do a dick-by-dick dick comparison <laughs> to see if the penises match. Check them dicks. Check them dicks. <laughs> that's, our, that's our third rule. Check them dicks. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get technical, yeah. you could fast-forward and just be like, freeze frame here, screen grab. Then freeze frame a little bit here, screen grab. But then that I screen don't know grab's going to be on your hard drive. <laughs> I don't know what's possessing me to say this, but a lot of dicks look alike. I don't think that's the, the yeah. magic bullet that you're looking for. I don't know. I thought everybody had individual dick prints. <laughs> <laughs> there are many colors of the wind in, in the world of dicks, but there's a dick, and then there's, oh, that's an unusual dick. The unusual dick is If you enjoy this episode, might I suggest you go back and listen to The Terminator or Ginger Snaps. <laughs> Hashtag check the dicks. Check the dicks. <laughs> if the dick doesn't fit, Christian didn't do it. <laughs> he must have quit. Yeah. That's why he had assistance. Right, exactly. I often like to get assistance with my dick. The leg up with your dick. <laughs> uh, you know, this was an unusually dick heavy episode for this us. An unusually dick heavy movie. Let's not kill <laughs> ourselves. No, no, dick heavy movie shame. For a summer release. Okay, I'll give you that. Which is I'll give you that. another band name, Summer Release. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> and with our premiere album, Dick Heavy. <laughs> did either of you answer the book question? I'm sorry, this is like... Not the book question? Did, did Christian did Chris steal the book? Oh, um, yeah, I think he did, but I don't think he knew there were murders. That's fair. My daddy, did you answer the book question? Okay, so so wait, you think that he point. stole the book after Josh was killed and his body was taken away and That's the blood possible. was cleaned up? I was really floored at the number of whitewashed boards that got bloody and then were just clean again. Well, they're prepared for that. Yeah. They had, you know. They're Swedish. They know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they had a whole village of people cleaning. Yeah. And they knew what they would be cleaning. It's not like, oh, all these blood stains. We don't have to think for the blood stains. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we do appreciate your support. Uh, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. On Instagram, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We do have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We also have a webpage, beyondthecabininthewoods.com. You've heard us talk about the video. We do have a Patreon, which is Beyond the Cabin. And we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. So definitely check them out. They've got a lot of good content there. And thank you guys so much for listening. Don't read the Latin. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.